Hello everyone, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Point of Insanity Game Studios Geekery in General Podcast. I am Al, and today we're going to do a flashback episode. Now in the past I've done my 8-bit flashbacks and my 16-bit flashbacks where I've looked back at some of the fond memories I've had of some of the games I used to play on the Nintendo and the Sega Genesis and the Super Nintendo. Today, though, we're going to do something a little different. We're going to do an arcade flashback because one of the nice things about the modern age nowadays is a lot of the systems, whether it's the Xbox or the Nintendo systems or PlayStation, it's not unusual to see flashback or rather, it's not unusual to see compilation discs, various arcade classics. I've got several of these. I have a couple of the Midway arcade classics, the Nameco arcade classics. And today, we're going to be taking a look at a title from the SNK Arcade Classics Volume 1. Not sure if there's a Volume 2 or not, but today we're going to be taking a look at Fatal Fury, King of Fighters. This game came out in 1991, and this was a time when the fighting game was really coming into its own in the arcades. And you probably have heard the term from back then, Street Fighter clone. The game that really launched this trend wasn't really Street, the first Street Fighter game. I have played that game, and it's pretty terrible. Your only two choices are Ken and Ryu, and pretty much the same as far as the characters themselves. So, not really any difference there, and the moves were extremely hard to pull off. So that game was very poorly received. Street Fighter 2, its sequel, actually was responsible for really kicking the, the street fighting game trend. Uh, really get, getting that off the ground. Now, Fatal Fury, this is one of the games I remember enjoying a lot in the arcade, so hopefully I don't do too badly trying to play it uh, by while talking. So we've got Joe Higashi, Terry Bogard, and Andy Bogard. So you start off, you get to choose one of four areas, uh, Mega Man style, and let's start with Sound Beach with Michael Myers. Or, I'm sorry, Michael Max. For the most part, it looks a lot like your standard street fighting games. They got two guys, you know, they got their various special moves. They can throw fireballs and do all sorts of other cool things. Andy Bogart has this really super cheap move like that. I think it's called like the Shadow something. And. You can really drive your friends mad if you're doing this in the competitive mode. It's that one cheap move. Uh, Joe Higashi also has a cheap move, which, I don't know, maybe if I die and continue, I'll, I'll show you that. But as far as the, the three playable characters, I think Andy Bogart's supposed to be the, the fast one, but not quite as strong. Um, See, Terry Bogart, his older brother, is supposed to be the more well-balanced one. And I think Joe Higashi is a little bit more stronger than the other two. So, I guess that I'm not exactly sure. I never really took the time to study, okay, can Terry 
beat up someone faster than, you know, uh, Andy can or whatnot. Oh yes, you also get cutscenes in between the fights in this game, and that actually gives you a little bit behind the story, because Andy and Terry, they're, they're brothers, and their, their father, or actually I think in the anime, they said it was actually their stepfather, their adoptive father. Oh yes, this is something else that was very different about Fatal Fury from a lot of the other games. It didn't limit you to one plane, you actually got to go back and forth. Now, I'm not sure how you throw someone back and forth between the two in the arcade version. Um, in the second one, uh, Fatal Fury 2, that one you did have a special attack you could do that would throw someone into the background and then some stages you, if you throw someone in the background they hit something and they, and they bounce back into the foreground and I remember they did port this game to the Super Nintendo I am not doing too good I guess that's what happens sometimes when you try to play and talk at the same time so like I said Andy's cheap move saves the day again but the Super Nintendo version, I actually liked that one a little better than the arcade version. Yeah, the music quality wasn't as good. Graphics were actually pretty good, but the play control was a lot more responsive. And they took out that whole jumping back and forth. And that actually, I think, kind of helped the game because sometimes it did get kind of frustrating when your opponent's constantly jumping back and forth between the between the first, the foreground and the background. Also, another thing you might notice for those watching the video instead of just listening to the podcast, you'll also notice that the the stages do change between rounds, where, you know, you start out in the morning, then go to the afternoon, and then finally for the third round, if it goes that far, it's nighttime. So just another one of those little interesting visual appeal things that made the game a little bit different. Yeah, it's not really not really major. It doesn't really affect the the gameplay at all, but kind of cool. So Geese Howard is the guy that we're seeing in the cutscenes here. Oh yes, the bonus area. And I do not like this bonus game at all. Uh, you basically tap it until you get the uh, arm wrestling guy here to yield to you. In the Super Nintendo version, they replaced it with a thing where you're on the beach and you had to punch tires, and that actually worked a lot better. The, the, the nice thing, if you do win, it does give you the special moves, so if you're not familiar with them... Oh, uh, Tung Furu, he's pain in the butt. But you, you get the special moves if you win. It's just after the first... After the first arm wrestling guy, I can never beat any of the other ones. Oh yes, another thing that was different about this game, the play control was a little bit simpler than Street Fighter because you only had three buttons to worry about. Punch, kick, and then throw, which was actually a separate button, which, different from a lot of the... Uh, a lot of the Street Fighting games, because in that, usually what you would do to what you would do to throw someone is you had to get really close to them and then use the usually like an attack button like a punch or kick. Yeah, actually beat him pretty quickly. Doing pretty good with Andy. Uh, for those of you listening to the podcast not actually watching the video on YouTube, 
uh, Tung Fu Lu starts out as this short Asian man, but when you get him to a certain point, he becomes bigger and stronger. My Kung Fu instructor never taught me how to do that. Maybe I just gotta wait until I'm older before I learn how to turn into the behemoth here. Another interesting thing about uh, Fatal Fury is it did spawn some anime, and actually I thought the anime was pretty true to the game. There were three anime in the Fatal Fury series. I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but Fatal Fury did spawn another series of games called King of Fighters, where same thing where it was street fighting, but the thing that was different about that is you had a team of three fighters, and a lot of the characters from the other games would appear in these in the King of a lot of the characters from the Fatal Fury games would appear in King of Fighters. And eventually they also introduced some of the characters from Art of Fighting. Who knows, maybe I'll get into that game some other day. Wasn't really one of my favorite games in the arcade though. Okay, ah, darn, he was stunned there and I didn't get close enough. But, oh, I'll beat him anyway. So, the first four characters are actually not that difficult. I mean, Tung Furu is probably the toughest, but then after that you get into the the sub-bosses, I guess you could say, and they're, they're just pains in the behind. But as I was uh, mentioning, the, the anime, there you had the first one, which was, I think, called Legend of the Hungry Wolf, and in that one it it was pretty close to the original video game here where you had Andy, Joe, and Terry who were entering the King of Fighters tournament and you know, unfortunately Tung Fu Ru in that one ends up getting killed by one of uh, Geese Howard's henchmen but all in all a pretty good movie uh, then there was the second one which that one was a little bit different. It focused uh, it, it the main character or the main enemy in that one was Krauser, who was the boss of Fatal Fury 2. And in that one, uh, Krauser essentially, oh, here's the, the guy I hate. Like I said, this, it, it just gets really hard after the first one for these. Uh, arm wrestling bonus stages, but while I'm getting my butt whipped on the bonus stage here, uh, like I was saying, Wolfgang Krauser was the main boss of the second one, and in the anime, the start of the game, he beats poor Terry senseless, and that makes him kind of question whether he's going to really... Oh, it does give you the special moving if, even if you lose. That's kind of nice. But, like I was saying, uh, Terry kind of loses his purpose in life, and he has this uh, poor kid who kind of follows him and uh, idolizes him, and he, you know, works with him, kind of gets him to, uh, you know, to to regain his fighting spirit, I guess you could say. And then eventually he he manages to track down and beat uh, Krauser. 
And then they came out with Fatal Fury, the motion picture, and that had an entirely new story, and I actually really liked that one. That one, it brought in one of the characters who was introduced in the uh, second one, Mai Shiranui, and also some of the other characters make uh, cameos. For example, one of the bosses, the boss after this guy, Raiden, uh, he makes an appearance in that one, and actually in Fatal Fury 2, he makes an appearance as well. Now, when you see him in the first Fatal Fury game, he is a huge masked wrestler, but then later on he appears as Big Bear, where he no longer works as one of Howard Geese's, or Geese Howard's enforcers, and kind of goes out on his own. And he has a brief cameo in the... Uh, he did play a bit of a role in the first one, but he had just a brief cameo in the, the motion picture. So, I really enjoyed them. Definitely worth a look if you have a chance. And, oh, I'm probably going to get my butt kicked by royally by Raiden here. He is a beast. Y you really got to kind of fight cheaply against him because he is just insanely powerful. And he fights cheap, too. I, oh, I so hate this guy. I'm actually doing a lot better because... Oh, well, I, I was doing okay for a while there, but... Oh, he just stepped on my chest. That would hurt. So, Fatal Fury, like I said, I had a lot of fun with it in the arcade, and it, it was actually a lot better, I think, when it came back for home for the Super Nintendo system. I'm pretty sure they probably did a Sega Genesis one as well. There were a few changes, of course. Uh, you couldn't do the jumping back and forth between the the, the, for, the foreground and the background, which I think made the game a lot better. All in all, I would have to say that the play control was a bit more responsive. Let's switch over to Joe Higashi, and like I said, he has a, another cheat move, which I don't like using, but when you're against opponents who are also cheap, yeah, sometimes you need every advantage you can get. So that's his little... Now, if Raiden will come here so I can use it... Yes, he has this sliding knee kick, which sometimes can be really helpful against these cheap-as-heck bosses. Oh, See, like I said, uh, for, for those of you who are just listening and not watching it, this has got to be one of the cheapest bosses I've ever fought in any street fighting game. Yeah, and that's another thing I could get kind of annoying with the whole foreground-background thing is sometimes your, you know, your opponent gets... He basically just keeps jumping back and forth, which makes it very hard to formulate any sort of strategy. But, like I said, the fact that the Super Nintendo took that out made that game a lot better. Um, also, in the in the Super Nintendo version, not only was the play control a bit more responsive, I think it was a little less... It was the, the difficulty was about right, especially for a home game. It was challenging, but it didn't usually didn't get to the point where it was so frustrating that it made you want to throw your uh, Super Nintendo out the window. So again, here's Terry, so just so you guys have a chance to see all of the characters. Uh, again, Joe Higashi is a kickboxer. 
I forgot the name of the style they give to Andy. It's like... Capo or something. Oh, and keep trying. There it is. Like I said, this is what I meant about the... Uh, the uh, SNK version here. Just the play control... It's just... It's frustrating. I mean... The power wave move that I've been trying to use here, pull off, is pretty much you, your forward, your uh, down, down towards forward, you know, your fireball movement, and it's just, you, you sometimes sit there trying to pull that move off, but it just keeps punching, so. The arcade version also had a two-player mode, which was pretty cool, because you could have two players fighting against the same boss. So that was kind of cool because if you did have a, a more cheap or difficult boss like this one, you had you could have a friend help you out with it. Now, you could only do that up until the last stage because once you if you do get to the last stage with two players, you you basically have to engage in a all all or nothing brawl where you uh you know, the, the last one standing gets to go on and, and face uh, Geese Howard. Okay, I don't know if I'm going to be able to beat this guy. He's really starting to annoy me. <laughs> well, now we're going to go to some footage that I did manage to record after doing the main part here, and I was actually able to get past the cheap-as-heck uh, mini bosses to actually get to Geese Howard, and if he beat you, it actually showed him kicking you out of the window of his his skyscraper. So that's something they obviously took out for the Super Nintendo version, and they just have it where he jump kicks you and the screen goes black. But when you actually manage to beat him, you get to kick him out of the top floor of the building. So yeah, it's. A lot of fun, obviously something they wouldn't do in the Super Nintendo version. Well, I hope you enjoyed this arcade flashback, taking a look at Fatal Fury King of Fighters. Uh, definitely check it out if you have a chance. Again, you can download it off the Wii Virtual Console, I know. And, of course, it's on the Neo Geo Arcade Comp Classics disc. So check it out if you have a chance. So if you'd like to listen to the audio of this episode, head on over to poigamestudio.podbean.com and you can download the episode there. You can also download it through iTunes. And if you're listening to the audio and want to see the video, go to YouTube and look up Point of Insanity Game Studio on YouTube. And also please feel free to stop by Point of Insanity Game Studio on Facebook. Feel free to leave a comment, like the page. And with that said... Thanks for tuning in, and have a good evening, or morning, or afternoon, whatever it is, wherever you are, and happy gaming.